This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast. I am your host, Kelly Pickerel. I wanted to thank you all for joining me each month as I talk with solar installers across the United States. Before we get into today's interview with Shine Solar, an Arkansas solar installer, I just thought I'd check in with everyone. I've been doing this now for about five years, and sometimes I forget that we have new listeners coming in every every month, and so I just want to introduce myself again and the Solar Power World team. Uh, I am Editor-in-Chief of Solar Power World. We are a solar installation magazine, and we have an online news site that we're updating every day. You can visit us at solarpowerworldonline.com for all of your solar news. And you can follow us on social media. You'll find the team at Solar Power World on Twitter. You can find me, I'm Solar Kelly P on Twitter. So Solar Power World, we focus on solar installation across the United States. And we are gearing up right now for our big Top Solar Contractors campaign. We put out the Top Solar Contractors list every year. We list solar installation companies across the country based on the number of kilowatts they installed the previous year. And the really cool thing about 2021 is it is our 10th anniversary of the Top Solar Contractors list. So we're doing a lot of really cool things around that. We um, are starting a monthly roundtable discussion. It's kind of like a live Contractors Corner interview, but we're doing it with uh, a few, a handful of solar installation companies each month. We have our first one on February 23rd, where we are talking about the effects of COVID over the last year and how it's kind of changed the solar installation game for utility contractors, commercial contractors, and even residential contractors. So we hope that you'll join us for this live interview. It is at 2 p.m. You can find all of the information for this February 23rd uh, interview series. It's on our website, solarpowerworldonline.com. And also, on February 23rd, we are launching the 2021 application for the 10th anniversary of the Top Solar Contractors list. It is a free application. Any solar installation company within the United States can can apply. Um, You just have to be performing services, actual hands-on services for installation. So you could be, you know, a developer developing um, projects big and small, an actual installer. You could be a subcontractor, electrical subcontractor. Um, You can find all the information, frequently asked questions, and everything about the Top Solar Contractors list on our website, and we do encourage everyone to apply. Again, it is free to apply, and we really hope that you guys will join us for the 10th anniversary of the list. It's, It's a really great marketing opportunity for companies on the list. You have this this free opportunity to say that you have been ranked by a solar publication and they've recognized your installation efforts of the last year. We have a, a gala every year to celebrate those on the list. It's usually in person, but I'm guessing maybe in 2021 we will still be virtual for that gala, but that's still really cool to be a part of. And yeah, the the deadline to apply for the 2021 list is May 28th. So we have about three months to get everything in. This is uh, the three-month stretch where I am really stressed out (laughs) verifying numbers and getting everything uh, checked to make sure that our rankings are correct. So yes, please get those applications in early. If you have any questions, just reach out. Happy to explain things and, and give you more information. 
And with that, I think it's time that we'll get started with this month's Contractor's Corner interview with Shine Solar. Stay tuned. started with this month's edition of Contractors Corner. Today we're talking with Nick Gordon. He is CEO of Shine Solar, a multi-state residential installer headquartered in Arkansas. So thanks for joining me today, Nick. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So tell me about Shine Solar. You've been around for about five years. So how did you get started? You bet. So this month, February of 2021, is actually our five-year anniversary. So this is our birthday. It's a big birthday for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the main premise with Shine Solar was, you know, I have a younger brother uh, that him and I founded the company together. And both of us were in the solar industry prior to starting Shine, uh, but we were largely working out in the West. So we were in places like Arizona, Nevada, California. Our hometown is Bentonville, Arkansas. So we had to leave Bentonville to go get in the solar industry out West because, you know, rooftop solar, residential solar, there was none of it out here where we're from. And so I guess long story short, we just didn't really feel like it was fair that only people who lived in coastal areas or western states were able to get the upside and get the benefit from going solar. And we began talking about how cool would it be if we could just move back to our hometown where we're from and bring this technology to a part of the country that's a little bit behind, um, you know, some of these some of these western states and some of these areas where the cost of electricity is far more expensive than what it is in, in Arkansas. And so to kind of put it in perspective, you know, if you're in San Diego, you know, and your your utility company is SDG&E, you know, you might be paying upwards of over 30 cents a kilowatt hour for your electricity. Well, in Arkansas, it's nine cents a kilowatt hour. So it's some of the cheapest electricity in the United States in this region where we live. And so the thought was, could we actually start a solar company here and could we be profitable? Like, could we actually make it work in a place like this? And we decided to go for it. I think at that time, um, you guys had Arkansas ranked as like the 49th best state in the country for <laughs> solar. And so we thought, hey, if we can go to Arkansas and be profitable and do a great job for our customers, we can go anywhere. And so we uh, we came back here and started up and took a very education-based marketing approach, uh, relied heavily on um, Facebook and on YouTube and some of these mediums where we could do a lot of video and just teach very basic, simple concepts around what solar is and how it works. And you know what? The people here, they were ready for it. Um, they knew what solar was. They, they knew what Tesla was. They'd heard of Elon Musk. And, you know, they were paying attention to what was going on in the industry. And so we were able to get here first, and we were able to get anchored. And, you know, the rest is history. We've just grown. We've grown about, oh, man, last year was probably our slowest growth year. We, we grew about 35% in, you know, top-line sales in 2020 over 2019. But prior to that, it's more like 50 to 70% growth a year. Um, so it's, it's not so much growth that it's reckless, um, but it is aggressive and it is sustainable, but we've been able to do it with just reinvesting our profits and growing responsibly and just laying in place a great foundation. Interesting. So you're not just working now in Arkansas. How many states are you working in and, and kind of how is business? How are you getting people interested in solar when your electricity prices are are already so low yeah you bet so we're in five states now um arkansas is home base for us but we also have warehouses in oklahoma tennessee missouri and then we just barely um, got up and launched in the state of mississippi 
And so these are these are all very non-traditional solar states. Um, these are places that, as we go in and look at what our strategy is, it's really to look for cities and metropolitan areas that are a million people, million uh, million people or less, where we can go in and kind of be a big fish in a small pond. And it's not something that we know is sustainable forever. Uh, the country is getting a lot smaller, figuratively speaking, when it comes to you know where you can go as a solar company and find you know little competition. Um, and so it's, it's not one of those things that will last forever, but part of our core strategy has been to go to places where other people aren't and figure out from a marketing standpoint how to get people's attention, how to educate, um, and then how to um, dude, how to convert leads into sales and into customers. And that's kind of the way that it's worked there. And so those, that's, that's our footprint right now. As we continue to grow, it will be in places um, similar to this. It will be in places like Iowa or Nebraska or Alabama. Um, these are these are places that, you know, from an expansion standpoint, make a lot of sense for us because they're all adjacent to where our existing operations are running right now and how we're doing things. Um, and it's a place that we feel like we understand these people um, and what their you know what their core values are, what they care about, what motivates them. We understand the people here in this part of the country where we live a lot better than how we may understand people in California or Oregon or Washington or New York. And so for us, it just makes a lot of sense to, to be in these types of areas um, where we continue to grow our business. And then as far as the, the other part of your question um, around, you know, how do we do it uh, from a marketing standpoint, I think that's what you asked is, you know, we're, we're very heavy on video. Um, we're, uh, you know, we have a, a marketing team that, you know, it's probably, you know, 12 people deep at this point, all the way from, you know, software programmers, uh, you know, software developers, uh, you know, full-time design people, media buyers, um, website developers. Um, I mean, it's like we're, we're very, very heavy in the digital space. Um, but we also invest quite a bit of money on radio and television, print, billboards. Um, it's really a multifaceted approach to how we go into an area and how we dominate. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're choosing some of these markets we're in, you know, we, we love these towns of 10,000 people, 20, 30,000 people. Like those suburbs are phenomenal places for us um, because there's not a lot of other solar companies that can serve those people with excellence. It's going to be an electrician trying to do it on the side or a roofer trying to do it on the side where for us, we're a vertically integrated company, top to bottom. We do all of our own marketing, all of our own sales, and all of our own fulfillment. We don't outsource our installs to third parties. And so we know enough about our operations and the way we run our business that in those types of towns, we can really, I mean, we can really provide people a phenomenal experience. And that's that's really, you know, part of the way that we do things and part of the reason that we've been successful. So um, it's, it's amazing how you can take a a place of 200,000 people or 300,000 people. And if you're on the radio, television, and you're in their Facebook feed, and you're in their Instagram feed, and, you know, their neighbor has solar panels on their house, and they see a billboard, you can, I mean, you can make it feel as if you're everywhere. I mean, you can just make it feel like you're the largest group around. Um, but then you go outside of that, you know, you go outside of that DMA, and nobody knows who you are. And so it's really a, a cool marketing approach just with the way that you can geo-target nowadays and, and really make a, a direct, large impact on those areas where you want to dominate. Mm -hmm. I assume Missouri and Arkansas are probably your biggest markets, but since you are in a, a bunch of different states, like how do they compare? How do you handle working in the different states and their different knowledge and their different policies? Um, 
policies is one thing. I mean, there's there's some states that are more solar friendly than others. Missouri is a very solar friendly state. Arkansas has you know gone 180 degrees from when we started here to where it is today, and becoming much more solar friendly is kind of the way that I put that. Um, you know, Tennessee and Oklahoma, uh, middle of the road. Um, Tennessee probably less favorable than some, but they're coming around. So policies is just something that, you know, we adapt, right? We just figure out how to do business in those states because regardless of where you are, there's people that want solar. There's people that want to do this. And you just have to figure out how to structure things in such a way to give them what they want where there's a there's a win-win for everybody. There's a win for the customer and there's a win for us. Um, you know, uh, as far as, you know, how like, like the difference between those states, there's not a ton of difference. Like, People in Arkansas and Missouri, they have the core values. They kind of think the same way. They act the same way. I was a little nervous originally about Oklahoma um, just because it is a big oil and gas state. And uh, But as we went in there, I mean, Oklahoma is one of our best-performing states that we're in. Like, we do we do great over there. Tennessee has been a little bit of a curveball. Um, in Tennessee, some of the net metering policies over there aren't very consumer-friendly. And so we've had to really learn how to sell batteries in the state of Tennessee, and that's been a big part of our strategy is just leading with solar and batteries in that state, um, which which has been great. Um, I mean, we've we've uh, we figured out how to crack that, and COVID was a big part of that. Like if you if you rewind back to March of 2020, you know, batteries was not a part of our marketing plan. We didn't. I mean, I think we'd sold four batteries total, you know, in company history. But as we came out the other side of COVID, what we found was it was just as big of a motivating factor for customers to be energy independent and to be able to um, not be reliant upon anybody else for their power needs as it was to save money. And so what you see is just like a shift in behavior where there's some consumers in some states where their motivation is to go green and they'll even pay a little bit more um, to go green than to, you know, than to stay with their utility company. There's some states where, the primary motivation is just to save money. And they look at energy as a commodity and they say, if, if you can't save me money, then we're not doing business regardless of the source of the fuel, right, of where it's coming from. But increasingly because of COVID, what we're seeing is that there are more people that are concerned with um, taking care of their own and having, you know, you know, like, like backup systems in place to take care of energy um, in case the power goes out or in case something happens than ever before. And like, Traditionally, when Democratic presidents take office, you see an influx in that prepper type of mentality. You see Republicans and you see red states. You see states like this load up on ammunition. You see them load up on food storage. You see them load up on a lot of like sustainability type things because they're nervous about what's going to happen. And I think that same trend is happening with batteries right now where people just want to be um, not just have their solar, but they want to have their storage in place too um, just in case something happens. And that's kind of the mentality. And so it's that I think, I think because of COVID um, consumer behavior and sentiment is shifting from I'm only doing this if I save money to, Hey, you know what? This makes sense. Let's just go ahead and do it. Even if it costs me a little bit more. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's been our experience. That's interesting. I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about how COVID has affected their their solar business, and it seems like a lot of people on the coast kind of say that COVID hasn't really affected their business, and more so, like, if people are going solar plus storage, it's because 
of you know natural disasters because of the wildfires in California or hurricanes on the coast, and they want to have sure. that that support. Yeah. So it's interesting that like kind of the middle of the country, the Midwest, COVID is maybe having more of an effect where people are are thinking about things like you said. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, it's it's really an interesting dynamic because you know where we are here in Arkansas, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Um, I mean, these are places where COVID kind of hit last, right? Mm -hmm. And so back last spring, when we were hearing about people getting sick in New York City or Washington or, you know, some of these places, nobody here was getting sick. I mean, like nobody. Mm -hmm. Not only were people not getting sick, you couldn't find anybody that had it either. And so it really kind of felt like, is this a a joke? Like, what's actually happening here? Um, and, And so there was quite a bit of resistance to you know, wearing a mask or taking these COVID measures, right? Like there was a lot of resistance in the dead middle of the country to doing those types of things. And then late fall, November, December, everybody here got sick. And it was like, you know, there was there was a point in November of last year where two-thirds of my sales team was out sick at the same time with COVID. And that's when it actually affected my business. That That's when, from a monetary standpoint, it wasn't just distraction anymore. Now it was like actually people getting sick. And I think that happened to a lot of people that live in these communities as well, where, you know, for the first time they were getting sick, their family members were getting sick, people at school were getting sick. And that's when we saw a big shift to, okay, man, we don't know how bad this is going to get. Let's let's go ahead and shift here. And, you know, we've been thinking about getting solar and, and, and you know, maybe we get a battery too. And now people call in and, you know, one of the first things they say is, you know, now this comes with a battery, right? And so, hmm. you know, when, when, you're, when you're hearing people ask those questions right out of the gate, you, you can tell there's been a strong shift just in behavior and the way they're thinking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You've been talking about how, you know, Shine Solar is, is really poised for growth, and, and I saw that you recently hired a new CFO who previously worked with Overstock.com. Can you talk a little right. bit more about your goals for the company and, and what you're kind of seeing in the next few years? Ooh, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I see a lot more of what we've historically done in the past. Um, you know, we we are a growth company. You know, we are growing. Um, like I said, in a in a normal year, fifty to seventy percent. That's a pretty good clip. Um, you know, we are opening more states. Uh, I think we'll probably, you know, we'll open Mississippi this year and probably one other as we get into quarter three or quarter four. Uh, my strategy with growth it's a little different than some people. Some people like to hit as many states as possible and take all the low-hanging fruit and then move on to another state. I'm kind of the other side of that where I I look for reasons not to expand in the new geographies. I like to drive as deep as I possibly can where I'm already at because what I found is um, the better that you market and the more marketing stamina that you have, the, the more customers you can mine out of an existing area over a long period of time. Just some people aren't willing to do the hard work. They're not willing to do the deep work over time to go find more customers out of the same geography. But, you know, almost 20% of our business is referrals from existing customers. If you go look at our reviews online, over I think it's over a 1,000 five-star reviews. Overall, it's a 4.7 out of 5 rating. So it's, it's not just that we're good marketers or good salespeople. What we promise people their system will do, it actually does. Like we fulfill our promises and we do it well. And when you do that over a long period of time, as you continue to market deep into an area, that's when your referral business really just starts picking up and really starts growing. And so for this year, for us, you know, I anticipate that it'll probably be up the same. It'll probably be about a, I don't know, 60 to 70% growth rate. But what's happening is as the number of employees increases in your business, we're up over 200 at this point. Um, 
and as you start operating in more states, right, and as you start offering more products, you know, we're, we're, we're very heavy into the energy efficiency space and the HVAC space as well as solar. It just takes people on your, on your accounting and finance team that have more sophistication. Um, that's really what it comes down to. So we have a great, we have a great accounting staff. We have a great controller. But as our business gets more complex, we need more sophisticated experience on that side of the business. And so as we met with Dave and had interviews, uh, you know, we felt like he was, you know, we felt like he had done some things in his career and been a part of some things in his career that, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, potential capital raising efforts down the road or um, or even put together perhaps our own fund where we can lend our own money to customers uh, rather than, um rather than relying on third-party solar-specific finance companies, right? This is an individual that has the connections and, and has the, the aptitude to be able to do some of those types of things. And so it's something we've been talking about for you know a little over a year. Initially, we were poised to do it right before COVID. And then when COVID hit last March, we kind of put the brakes on for a while just to see how our business was going to be affected. But as soon as we began to stabilize, we, you know, we got right back on that path. And so... Um, that's really the reason for the CFO. It's just a natural progression inside of any company, whereas you continue to get larger and as the dollar amounts get bigger and as the amount of moving parts, you know, increase, you just need to make sure that you stay on top of it. Um, like, you know, solar is a very cash intensive business. Inventory is expensive. Growth is expensive. And I think there's some companies that make the mistake of waiting too long to get the experienced seasoned CFO to come into their organization and make sure that they have a clear vision of how they want to do this going forward, especially cash management. Like it's, it's such a big one of lining up, you know, the right resources there. And it's, um, you know, I think probably the best analogy I make is, you know, if you're driving your car down the highway and it starts to rain and your windshield wipers don't work, you can see well enough that you can know that you're on the road. I mean, you can, you can see, you know, you can see, even if it's blurry, you know, the lines in the road to kind of keep you there. But you have to reduce your speed, right? You're naturally going to reduce your speed because you can't see as well. A great CFO is like a great pair of windshield wipers, <laughs> where when it starts to rain, you can turn those wipers on and you can still go the speed limit. You can still go as fast as you need to go and you have the confidence to go fast even when there's an obstacle out there. And that's the way that I look at it. I'm saying, hey, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to go fast. I want to continue to dominate some of these markets the way that I am today. So let's just make sure that we have clear visibility when it comes to the accounting and the finances inside of our organization and specifically cash flow. Because if I can have those things um, clearly laid out in front of me, I can continue to go fast. And if I don't, I'm going to naturally hit the brakes. Like it's human instinct to hit the brakes when you can't see clearly. So that's the reason we made the hire. No, I think that's really great planning. And and yeah, like you said, how possibly, you know, set up funds in the future for, you know, some internal financing. And I'm wondering what are some financing trends that you're seeing? What options are your customers looking for? You know, they're looking for about the same, I think, as everywhere else, right? Um, Shine is no different than than most most other solar companies our size where, uh, you know, it's, it's really kind of the same financing lineup that you have out there with anybody. You have your your loan pals and your sunlights and your dividends and, you know, a handful of others out there, right? And most of their products are the same. Um, you know, so, you know, largely you're selling a 20 or 25 year term. Um, you know, interest rates obviously are very, very low just because of the market that we're in right now and what we're doing. Um, I, I do think that solar finance companies are going to continue to innovate. And I think they understand the game. Like they, they realize that 
for the majority of customers, um, this is about arbitrage between their utility bill and their solar loan payment. And so they're going to continue to come up with um, as many ways as possible to make sure that we can show people a lower solar loan payment or equal to what their old utility bill used to be. And if they can continue to hit that target and focus on the payment, because that's really what solar is. I mean, you're you're selling people a payment that's less than what their utility bill is in addition to offering a tax credit and all the other benefits that come with solar, um, then I think they're going to continue to win. Uh, I also think when it comes to a lot of these solar finance companies, too many of them operate like banks. They don't understand the customer service aspect, not to the customer, but to the sales rep. That's the important thing is I don't think they understand the dynamic of what it feels like for a salesperson to be sitting at someone's kitchen table and having given a presentation, having closed the deal, and now you're at a place where the customer is excited and where the sales rep's excited and and you know, now you have to go through the process of, you know, getting that customer onboarded. So it might mean asking for tax returns. It might mean asking for a W two. It might mean, you know, getting this or getting that. And there's kind of a limited there's kind of a limited time window right there where a customer continues to be excited. But the more things that you ask that customer to do, get me this picture, get me this license, get me this tax return, get me the deed to your house, get me all this other stuff, mm-hmm. that, that fire can be put out pretty fast. And so I think some of these finance companies that have been set up largely by bankers, they don't understand that dynamic of what it feels like for a sales rep to sit at a kitchen table with somebody and be in that scenario. And I think some some finance companies have really figured that out where they figured out how to make the process smooth and easy for the customer and the sales rep. And when you can do that and make it a, a smooth experience for everyone involved, um, I, man, I, I think sometimes the benefits of that are understated. And so I just, I, I think for the most part, these finance companies, they are subject to the overall economy. They are subject to overall, you know, interest rates and yields. So you'll see some of those things change over this year, next year. But by and large, I, I don't expect to see massive movement there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I saw you personally published a book called Rooftop Solar Secrets, the ultimate guide to going solar. Why did you find it important to kind of get everything down in, in book form? You know, because Americans love books <laughs> and there's there's a perceived value with a book. You don't throw a book away. When someone gives you a book, you don't throw it away like you do a business card. Mm. Um, and it's just because here in America, we don't burn books. We don't throw books away. Like there's there's an amazing perceived value that comes with a book um, and people want information and that's what you're giving to them. And so for us, you know, taking an education based marketing approach, a book just made a ton of sense. And so we use that in a lot of our marketing campaigns. People ask for it all the time. People pay for it all the time. Like, I mean, it's it's up on Amazon and I'm still blown away that people come in and like, I mean, I get a royalty check every single month from people buying the book on Amazon. But, you know, because we knew that in this part of the country, solar was less prominent than other parts of the country a book just seemed to make a ton of sense and so people liked it they've enjoyed it and um it adds a sense i think of credibility and legitimacy to what we're doing when they see that the the ceo and founder of the company you know has a has a book even if it's self-published there's just something about the strength and the perception of a book that people tend to enjoy mm-hmm. are you still finding customer education a, a significant obstacle in the, the 2020s um yeah, we are. Yeah. Some of these states, for sure. Yeah. Because we go into Mississippi and Alabama, it's going to be just like Arkansas was five years ago. Yeah. Same thing. So you're just you're going to have to start at the beginning with what a solar panel is and 
why it makes sense to do this and, you know, what net metering is and how the tax credit works. Like it's, it's going to be the same exact stuff. Um, and so that's, I mean, I, I just, uh, and, and again, the thing is like being in the industry, like you and me both, right. We tend to think that what we do, everybody just gets it. Like everyone just yeah. knows how it works. Right. Cause we're biased towards our own, our own industry. Right. And the way that we think, the reality is you go right in the middle of San Diego County or Los Angeles and you're still going to find the majority of the people have no idea how it works. Like mm-hmm. they don't get it. Like they just don't get it. And so I think it's a mistake sometimes to think that even in some of these very um, heavily penetrated solar markets that everybody's done it or everybody knows about it. It's just not true because people market in different ways. And so it's just, I, I think at the end of the day, as we continue to progress forward, as technology continues to progress forward, people want to, um, People want to buy. They don't want to be sold. And so the easiest way to do that is to give them valuable information that they can consume and naturally on their own reach the conclusion that you're the right company to do business with because you gave them the information they were looking for. Now, that doesn't mean that you, you that doesn't mean that you can't, that, that doesn't mean that you don't have to sell now. Mm-hmm. You still have to sell when that time comes up right. But the better you market, the less you have to sell. And a lot of people don't realize that. It, it, but it's like the better that you can market, and the more impressions you can make on people and, and not take the shortcuts, right? Not cut the corners, but truly give a world-class experience to people and master the fundamentals. When you can do that well as an organization, and it takes a little bit longer than some people that want to cut corners sometimes, but when you can get to that point and you really have a valuable organization. And so I just don't think customer education, uh, the, the effort that we make there, I just don't think that will ever go away. It'll always be a core part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, you've talked a little about, you know, you're, you're doing storage in, in Tennessee and some other areas, and, and I saw you're part of the Enphase installer family, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on this, on Enphase's new, I don't know how, is it ensemble battery system? Yeah. yeah um, are you yeah. are you excited about that? What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, we, we like it, um, but we are, we are battery agnostic, and what I mean by that is that that's not the only battery that we that we market and that we sell uh you know we're we're tesla dealers as well there's two or three other batteries that we install quite a bit of right now um in phase you know when, when kind of the way it works is sometimes we talk to customers who they know what they want already they want the tesla powerwall too or they want the in phase ensemble and they request for it and they ask for it and those brands have a lot of legitimacy because they're publicly traded companies and people can look them up and they can find them and, and it makes sense right some people really know what they want. There's other people that, you know what, they they don't care what the battery brand is. All they care about is that it works. And so I think there's other, I think there's some other batteries out there on the market that are just as good, um, maybe even better than the Powerwall or the Ensemble, um, that they're just newer, right? And so people, you know, they're, they're private companies. People don't know who they are at this point. And so um, for us, we just try to stay open-minded about that. And depending on who we're talking to and what they request and, you know, are they are they more price sensitive? If they are, we'll go a certain direction. If they really want that Tesla Powerwall, then you know what? We'll sell them that Tesla Powerwall. So for us, um, we have no complaints with Enphase. We love their inverters. We love their battery. We think they're a great company. Like like all battery companies, I wish they would speed up their supply chain. Like um, <laughs> they've been affected by COVID just like everybody else has. And so I, I hate having, you know, 16 and 20 week, uh, you know, supply times uh like supply time frames before we can get stuff in once we make an order mm-hmm. but i hope that as we you know progress through this that we'll see those start to speed up a little bit as they get more raw materials and they continue to grow but 
that's that's my take on on Enphase. I think they're a great company. We have a great relationship, uh, but we're by no means, um, you know, we're we're we're, we're by we're by no means, um, you know, in the boat with them and nobody else. Yeah. Are there any other technologies or products that you're looking forward to coming onto the market or anything? Dude, I am. I'm I'm really looking forward to GAF's solar shingle. Um, oh. You know, after uh, yeah, I mean, GAF is the largest largest roofing company in the United States, and a couple of years ago, two three years ago, they were able to recruit away quite a bit of talent from Tesla on the solar shingle side of the business, just because Tesla hasn't been able to execute on that, right? They just, I mean, they haven't mm-hmm. been able to get scale with that in any way, shape, or form. So I'm, you know, we were down in Dallas a couple of years ago for GAS or for the big national roofing show and GAS was there and we've been, we've been working with them for quite some time now. And I'm really excited for their shingle to come out. It was supposed to be this year. I don't know if that's going to happen now due to COVID or what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm excited for, for specifically that piece to come out because I think it's going to, I think it's going to appeal to a ton of people. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited, you know, as far as technology is concerned, that's probably what I'm most excited about. And I think it's probably good. It, it's easier when a roof, a solar shingle is coming from an actual roofing company, you know, who has experience in that area. Oh, for sure. It, it, it might sure. actually come to fruition a little bit easier. It, I, I think that it will, right? And, and you know, one, one thing that no solar panel manufacturer or distributor is ever, ever going to tell you is that when you drill into someone's roof, you avoided their warranty. Like, mm-hmm. it's done at that point. Now, and now you know, customer agrees to it, and we, we take all the right measures to make sure that it doesn't leak. But I think, I think between the sexiness of the solar shingle and how good it looks and the fact that you're not avoiding anybody's roof warranty, um, you're going to be able to sell that at a premium price, and you're going to find um, – dude, you're going to find a different segment of the market that, that wants that product. And they're going to be willing to pay for it. So I'm I'm excited for when it gets here. <laughs> I thought we'd close here talking about um, Shine Solar has a scholarship program for students interested in renewable energy studies. So maybe you can tell me about that program. Your thoughts on the the future of of solar with 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 the youth? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we love it. Um, we've been doing this now for and probably for about three years. Uh, we're twice a year. We'll give out a scholarship. Um, we'll give out a scholarship to uh, to any student that's in school. Um, and, and it used to be pretty strict. Like we had, um, I think you had to have a 3.5 GPA, and you had to write a super long essay, and you had to have a major um, that was in renewable energy or or something related to it. And we just didn't have that many applicants coming through. And so we we recently reduced the qualification criteria to make it a little bit more palatable for more people uh, to be able to apply. And, and since we've done that, we've seen a, an uptick in applicants that are coming through. Um, but for us, I mean, this is this, this has been a way that uh, we continue to get exposure. Um, it's a way that we've been able to continue to give back to um, really give back to communities and give back to college students that want to study this and want to get into this industry and want to do it. It's great for marketing purposes, specifically search engine optimization as you link up with a lot of these major colleges and universities that want to promote you and your website, your company, and what it is that you're doing. Um, and so I, I, I see that as a program that we'll continue to run and that we'll continue to do. You know, as far as the, the future of solar, um, I, I think right now there's a tailwind behind this industry that's stronger than it's ever been. Um, regardless of how you feel about who's in the White House, right, whether it's Democrats or Republicans or Trump or Biden, the reality is 
every single solar company in the country, this is just my opinion, this last election, they won. No matter who won the presidency, they won. If Trump stays in office, you're going to have very business-friendly policies. You're going to have low interest rates. You're going to be able to continue to grow your business, right? If Biden wins, then you're going to have you know, an advocate for climate change in the White House that's going to have you know, extremely favorable policy towards, you know, towards solar companies, right? Towards renewable energy. And we've, we've seen that recently with the two year extension of the ITC, right? We're now it's set at 26%. Now there's some certainty in the solar market where investors and vendors and companies can count on something for the next 24 months. So they'll continue to invest back into their businesses, right? Same thing with solar finance companies. It's going to make them, make it easier for them to raise more money for their funds and for their debt funds and everything that they do. So I, I just – that's why I kind of feel like, you know, no matter who won this last election, the solar industry really won um, because no matter what, you were going to have some favorable policies that were going to come out of this. And so I, I do think Biden probably has a slight edge on that with the renewal of the ITC and more stuff that's probably coming down the pipe that we don't even know about at this point. But I, I just think there's a tailwind behind this industry where anybody who gets involved and they're driven and motivated by doing great work providing an excellent experience to their customers and, you know, really growing their business the right way. It's just a great industry to be in right now. Um, so I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think anybody out there that has good intentions and has good business sense about them is going to be able to be successful, whether they're sitting in San Diego County where there's, you know, 500 licensed solar companies in that, in that mm-hmm. County, or whether they're going into a brand new state that, uh, you know, hasn't had a lot of, you know, marketing or advertising in yet. I really think there's a lot of people that can win in this industry and, and um, it's what people want right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're going to need a lot more people as you expand into more states. So you're going to need are. those you passionate need people. <laughs> we are. And you know what? We'll find them. They're out there. Um, that's the cool thing about culture, right? When you have a great culture and people, you know, love working uh, with your organization and being a part of it, it makes recruiting so much easier. And, you know, People are smart now. Like, you know, people in the workforce, yes, they're looking to get paid. Yes, they want to make money. That's why we all wake up and go do what we have to do every single day, right? But they're really looking for companies that have great culture, great vision, and know what they want. You know, I I love that quote that says, where there's no vision, the people will perish. And I think it applies to any company. When the leadership has a vision and they have a goal and they know what they want to do and they can successfully articulate that to their people, um, and just that steady hand of leadership is so important by the executive team and by the CEO. When you can provide those things, man, people people will come in droves. Like you won't have a problem recruiting because everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Like deep down, everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than just themselves. And I think that's what, you know, so many great solar companies are doing right now is they're they're part of the future and they're creating that avenue and they're creating that ability for people to um, to grow and expand. And it's exciting. They love it. So. We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I definitely wish you guys luck, and I'll be watching Shine Solar as you guys grow the next few years. Thanks thanks so much for talking to me today, Nick. All right. Thank you, too. Have a good one. This has been another edition of Contractor's Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.